Now, don't go away, because next on CBS Radio's Comedy Time are those two zany characters of many characters, Bob and Ray. I will be going on the air here in uh, less than a minute or so, and there are a couple of rules we'd like to go over with you, audience, before uh, the next 15 minutes of radio time. This is what uh, we call, and I don't know that you know who we are. He's Bob, and I'm Ray. This is a warm-down. Now, in the few seconds before each broadcast, we try to make the audience a little uh, sticky, as we say, so that... Uh, Almost anything resembling a joke or something funny will make you laugh. Other shows do what they call warm-ups, where they get the people laughing, and then they just sit there in their hands for the next half hour. Uh, look, right away, standing in the back, come on down front, plenty of seats. Nothing to be afraid of. We won't throw anything at you during the show. Now, you just sit right down in that chair. Same goes for you. Don't throw anything at us like you've been doing to the great Bob and Ray Bird or, or anything else, because... Uh, we don't, that doesn't uh, set with us very well. There will be no smoking during the show. There will be no talking to your neighbors. Or... There will be no idle staring at the ceiling like you're doing, ma'am. You hear? Come on. Keep your eyes here yeah, on that's... the stage at all times. I think they're in a sufficiently foul mood that we so, get yeah. the show going. That was one of the better better warm-downs you've done, Ray Goulding. Congratulations, okay. audience. How about a little show of appreciation for Ray? <laughs> Five seconds. I don't think they heard you, Bob. Uh, <coughs> a little, a little, a little. Uh, uh huh. I don't think. They heard you. <coughs> Go ahead. Three seconds. Now, from approximately coast to coast, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding are proud to present the CBS Radio Network. <laughs> And hello again, everybody. Back here at the old, wonderful Bob and Ray show. A real folksy audience we have here. Oh, you certainly look like one of the best audiences we've ever had. I wish you could see them, you folks who are listening. They're great and wonderful. We're awfully pleased and proud that they came out to see us. Right after the show, a new innovation today, our Bob and Ray Midget's going to pass among you with the refreshments. Oh, as soon as we leave the air, I think you'll like that. Terrific. And first of all, we're going to call on our show business report award stuffer. Have you got his theme music ready? <laughs> Yes, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Ward Stuffer, our roving critic. And uh, what theatrical production do you uh, want to talk about this time, Ward? Well, uh, Bob, last week I decided to stay home and take a look at a television commercial. Then you're going to review that for us, huh? Well, that's my intention, yes. Let's see. Uh, I have some notes here. All right, here it is. Oh, which one was it? The uh, stick-tight denture glue commercial. Was it a good production, Ward Stuffer? Well, let's see. I have the names of the actors listed here. Uh, A.J. Dove played the part of the denture wearer. Mm-hmm. Wanda Hemming, the disapproving wife. And Sid Maynard played the helpful pharmacist. Well, uh, in a nutshell, what did you think of it, Ward? Well, I think A.J. Dove is a first-rate passeur. At commercial start, we see him seated at the dinner table, see? Mm -hmm. And he's just begun a very unusual meal. Uh Uh-huh. The meal consists of corn, walnuts, and sour ball candies. Well, that isn't exactly what you'd call a uh, well-balanced diet. It was uh, was part of the plot. Uh Uh-huh. 
At any rate, A.J. Dove starts the meal with the corn, see? Mm -hmm. And Bob has finally shaded transition from smiling gentleman to slightly concerned person is really something to see. I can imagine. I think I've seen this. What about Wanda Hemming, his disapproving wife? She was magnificent, too. You see, while she has to register disapproval of A.J. Dove's discomfiture, Mm. she also has to show a modicum of sympathy, you know. Well, why does she have to show sympathy, Ward? Well, uh, later we learn that she once had the same problem as A.J. Dove, her husband. Oh, does she reveal her secret to A.J. Dove in this uh, scene? No, not at first. After he finishes the corn, he's ready for the walnut, see? Yeah. At this point, we find that the nutcracker is missing. Yeah, that sounds kind of contrived. Yes. Somebody figured that that way. I know. thought it was the only unbelievable note in the whole production. Yeah. But it was worth it because A.J. Dove plays this sequence to perfection. He does, huh? Yeah. His bending and stooping to pick up something off the floor as he eats the walnuts is high comedy at its best. And he hasn't even uh, gotten to the sourball candies yet, has he? Well, no, he never gets to the sourball candies because by this time he's holding a napkin over his face. Oh, yeah. And it's here that Wanda Hemming tells A.J. Dove of her secret. Well, how does she do that, Ward? Well, she reaches across the table and touches his hand. And with her other hand, she reaches into her purse and takes out an empty can of stick tight and places it on the table. And he knows? Yes, I was drained by the scene. It was that powerful. Ward, I think uh, earlier you mentioned uh, Sid Maynard is playing the helpful pharmacist. Uh, yeah, well, in the next scene, we see A.J. Dove and his wife, Wanda Hemming, in a drugstore. A.J. Dove is asking Sid Maynard, the helpful pharmacist, a good many questions in front of a counter full of stick tight. Well, what's uh, Sid Maynard like, actually? Well, a gray-haired, helpful man. We see him talking earnestly to A.J. Dove, trying to convince him of the adhesive qualities of stick tight. Bob, the commercial ends with Sid Maynard, the helpful pharmacist, reaching into his own pocket. And extracting a can of stick tight. And that convinces A.J. Dove, and he buys some. You saw the commercial? No, but I know how writers work in this medium. Thanks very much, Ward Stuffer, for your review of a very moving commercial, and we'll look forward to your next visit. Okay. Now, how do my way, square stranger? Well, I'm not in your way, and I'm not a stranger. Oh, it's you, Dad, like, I mean... Well, I don't mind your being beat, son, but must you let your hair grow over your eyes? Yeah, I'm just trying to get by with my friends. I well, think. if you want to do that, tell them not to miss CBS Radio's Sunday dramas. Suspense, yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Have Gun, Will Travel, and Gunsmoke. You mean CBS Radio's Big Four, like every Sunday? And those are the ones, Sonny-O. Ah, we already dig suspense, Johnny Dollar, have gun, will travel, and Gunsmoke. You do? Like, sure. Well, I'm afraid I've misjudged you and your little friend, son. You can't be all bad. Now, you told me that, uh, you had sent the Wally Blue out on a remote somewhere? Now, this is very interesting, uh, Bob. I hope uh, it works because uh, Wally Blue has gone out on a boat, but Wally can describe it as something very unusual. So uh, this is live and not on tape, incidentally. This will be broadcast as it's happening. Oh, that'll be good. So please come in, Wally Blue. ADO's highly regarded, respected, and revered Wally Blue, speaking to you from the after deck of the new ship. Deep Sea Doodle. And I'm uh, going to walk forward here 
We're just about approaching the uh, Narrows, New York Harbor, and I want to find the man who has built this vessel and uh, sent it down the ways, whose name is Jack the Gander, I believe, and he's standing right over there under the uh, forward deck house. Jack, I wonder if we could have just a word or two with you, Wally Ballou on the radio. How do you do? Welcome aboard my ship. Uh, seems to be a great deal of activity here as your men uh, are preparing to enter the Narrows. Would you tell us something about uh, how you came to build this vessel and why and uh, uh, some of the figures connected with it? Well, uh, I assume that you noticed that this is probably the widest boat you've ever been on. Yeah, that was the first thing that caught my eye, sir, yes. Uh, well, uh, what I'm attempting to do now is to take the widest boat ever built through the Narrows here. And out into New York Harbor. Now, you you built this at some upstate bay up the I river? I built it up the Hudson River, and uh, I made a mistake on the dimensions. It's too wide, I'm afraid, for the narrows. I don't know, but we're going to find out in just a few moments. In other words, this is going to be a test of your uh, ability, not only as a uh, builder, but... Uh, as a pilot. As a pilot. Oh. Don't ever do that again. If you should speak to your first mate there, he seems to have a lot of fun blowing the whistle at the barrel. All right, the cut it out. Now we're within sight of the narrows, probably there. But... Oh. Uh, oh, I think maybe you can uh, see better and describe it better if you just bend over the side. You can see how close we are to the edge. Yes, we're in the narrows. We're just edging or inching our way through. Careful now, Leo. And Jack together is giving advice. Oh, this is a snug fit. I don't think... Let me see just about how much space we have. I would say it's just about a finger's width. Oh, Come out of there. I, I was measuring the distance between the side of the ship and the narrows. And, uh, Your fingers caught? Yes. Well, I don't know what to do about well, that. That stings. Well, I'm afraid. Uh, Leo, do you have any ideas what to do? The radio broadcast is full. He got his fingers stuck. But yes, the bolt and the... Port engine stop. I, I think guess, that would be a good idea. I guess that's about the only thing you can do. Right. Uh, can you we'll pack you out? out? We'll have you out of here by midnight. Well, uh, uh, all right, then. I'm going to come forward now, Leo. This is Radio's Wally Balloon. Uh, oh, I told you. Rather embarrassing situation. Don't ever do that again, Leo. From aboard the Deep Sea Doodle, returning it now to Bob and Ray in New York. Thank you, Wally Balloon. Boy, that sounds exciting. I can hardly wait for the newspapers to come out. There'll be pictures, I suppose, won't there? Oh, he always gets into very difficult spots like that. It's too bad. Well, friends, right here, it's time to introduce a new feature that we hope you're going to enjoy. Uh, you remember a few days ago we mentioned the great, huge dead whale that we have on exhibit on a flat car traveling about the country. Smelly Dave is his name, and uh, this year we have just completed mapping out the itinerary for his uh, trip this coming summer, and uh, we're going to be telling you folks where you'll be able to uh, view uh, Dave on the big flat car with its bunting around it. Where do we go uh, first for the kickoff, Ray? Bob, uh, our special announcer who's aboard the Bob and Ray uh, whale train, Arthur Shrank. Oh, good. <clears throat> He's a good man and gets a lot of enthusiasm into his... Uh, 
accounts of things. And he's going to be with the uh, the whale train all summer. So Wonderful. Standing by now in Quincy, Illinois. All right, then. Uh, if you're hearing us, will you come in, please? Hello, everybody. This is Arthur Schrank in Quincy, Illinois. I want to thank uh, the folks here at WTAD who've made our welcome uh, uh, so nice. Or who've, made, who've given us a nice welcome. Yes. Give us a nice welcome. And next morning. Uh, It's a great honor and privilege to be here today to welcome the great promotion that Bob and Ray have thought of. Dead whale to various cities and towns throughout the United States during this summer. In just a moment, I shall pull the cord, which will take the bunting off of Dave as he lies there, packed in ice on the flat car. You people here in Quincy will have the opportunity of viewing Dave for the first time. As you leave today, you will leave with the memory that you were among the first to see Dave on his 1959 tour of the United States. And so on behalf of WTAD, I now unveil Smelly Dale. are speaking oh, with right. Mr. Rothschild and we've been, the they've been told to get the train get out of town. So on this happy note, uh, we return you now to Bob and Ray. Well, unfortunately, little trouble seemed to develop there, but uh, we'll check on it after we leave the air and uh, let you know the full details tomorrow. So, the next time, this is Ray Goulding reminding you all to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumbs. This is the CBS Radio Network.